Hey, everyone. Um, yeah, so we're going to start a little backwards, like ST said before the pod recorded. Um, these guys watch the game. I'm, I'll let you guys talk about it. I'm, I'm kind of catching up on dinner, so I'll let you go, guys go uh, on your own for a little bit. You know, Carter, <clears throat> like Indiana, uh, are they the team in the Big Ten that talks the most shit while, des- while deserving to talk shit the least? Michigan is pretty close to that, but Indiana's a good candidate. This game was so unnecessarily chippy. Yeah. And I never under last year, I went to last year's game at the Breslin, and that game was fucking heated. AJ got tossed from that game, if you remember. Yeah. Uh, for staring down Mike Woodson. But The positives from today. Uh, I tweeted this on Thursday, but it's worth repeating now. Uh, Jackson Kohler is who Thomas Kithier's mom thought Thomas Kithier was. He's Green a stud. Great. He, he is a stud. Yep. Um, <laughs> you know, Hauser, Hauser was Hauser was giving it to everybody today, anyone who wanted it. Um, that was heartening to see. But Aikens, Aikens kind of found his found his footing on here. <laughs> but there are there are major issues. One, however good Madi looked in the first month of the season, he looks that bad now. It's like I can't even call it regression. I would I would classify it as resetting. I can't even call it. I can't even call it regression. It's like someone hit the reset button on him. Uh, and he's like, and he's 17 and he's not used to being six, eight and has played basketball for 18 months. Yeah. And I, I'm really disappointed with, with how he's looked since the early or early to late November. I'm, I'm, that's just, it's shockingly bad how much he's gone backwards. Pierre Brooks couldn't hit <laughs> fucking water if he fell out of a boat. <laughs> I mean, I can't even remember the last time he made a three. And those are the only shots he takes. Someone tweeted at me. Someone tweeted at the Bacon Wire account because I live tweet all the games. And, and it's true. He's built like a brick shit house. <laughs> and refuses to put the ball on the floor and get to the hole. That's what you need to do when you're when you're a when you're when you're a basketball player. Like if your shots aren't if the long shots aren't falling, you see some close ones fall. If you're going to keep bricking threes, they're going to keep bricking. You need to see shots fall, and he's not helping himself. That's oh. true. <laughs> that is that is very true. I mean, I I'm not entirely sure if Pierre Brooks, like as of right now, is a Big Ten player. 
I mean, ever since the start of Big Ten play, ever since he's kind of, I know Malik Hall's injured again, so he has to step back into that role. But ever since, you know, when Malik Hall did get healthy again, I mean, Brooks has just fallen off a cliff pretty hard. And today was no different. I, I just saw him missing those shots. Some of them were good looks, but some just were just t- bad shots. And he wasn't playing good defense, which he was always his biggest problem. So he's just a negative on both ends, like an extreme negative. So it's bad. And it's the same thing with Sissoko is he just gets bullied. I don't know if, I don't know if you, how familiar you are with Sada baby. He has a lyric. It's pretty funny. He says, uh, you got muscles for no reason. Eric Bledsoe. You just have to apply. You just have to apply that to Matty Sissoko now because Trace Jackson Davis was bullying him. Truthfully, Trace Jackson Davis was bullying whoever he wanted, but not Jackson Kohler for the most no, part. No, Kohler was pretty. No, Kohler was pretty good against him. That's true. I think it's a tired talking point, but that just that kind of is the idea of going to get a center. You know, in in the off season. Um, well, you know, Kohler, he didn't want anyone's. He didn't want anyone's feelings to be hurt. That's true. But. I mean, I, I I like what we've seen from Kohler these past couple games. I think he's starting to find that confidence. Those shots that we saw him just miss in the early going of the season are now starting to fall. He's much better on defense than we we than we expected. He's not Hakeem Olajuwon on that end, but he's <laughs> certainly much more capable than we thought he was. So I definitely think that going into next season, like I definitely think that Sissoko and Brooks, it's quite possible neither of them are back next year. Uh, I think in terms of the log jam with wing minutes next year, like say Malik potentially comes back since he is dealing with injury this year. I think, and then you'll have Norman and uh, Cohen Carr in there. I I don't see, I don't see where Pierre Brooks fits in. I mean, I know that Carr and Norman are going to need their time, but I mean, I wouldn't entirely shock me to see both those guys pass Brooks up very quickly if he's still on the team next year. So I think in terms of that, I don't see, I don't see any way like you can justify playing them like multiple minutes and get, you know, Sissoko, I don't feel like could be a starter. Like Kohler is probably going to be starting games towards the end of this year. Just the way he's played these past couple games. I mean, just the improvement in defense, he's rebounding the best on the team. So He's putting the work in. He's putting the work in, and he in the confidence, the competitiveness from him is just something you're not seeing from the other centers. Uh, I do kind of like what I see from Carson Cooper too, though. Like he came into this year expecting to be redshirted, but he just impressed the staff so much that they just said we're going to let him loose. And yes, even with that, like that sense of being raw is going to come back because he still looks like it out there. You can see it. But you can also see the flashes of what he could be. So that's what I really like about Cooper. And that's what I, you know, it's always, it's easy to watch a player like him with a grain of salt because you know that he's still learning and he's still taking his lumps and still kind of getting over that, that hump of being a, a freshman and being thrown into the fire. And like, you can just see the potential of what he could be. And it's a lot of fun. I mean, one of the most heartening things about Cooper is like two months into the season and he just, he moves more fluidly. Like he got some minutes in that Gonzaga game and he just, he looked so, so robotic, so stiff. It's like, 
it's like he was it's like he was in, he was a part of big like it was it was like in the reboot of tom hanks's big <laughs> where he just like got this body out of nowhere and didn't know how to move in it uh but he is moving a lot better um i think once he kind of gets some more technique work and he puts on a little weight and 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 stuff i think he'll be i think he'll be a really good addition to to jackson kohler uh yeah i like i don't really i don't really see a role for pierre on this team next year um and because the thing is here's the thing what does he provide nothing if he's gonna if he's gonna keep missing threes he's gonna not play any defense he's a net he he's literally michigan state lost by 14 points pierre brooks was pierre brooks was minus 16 on the stat sheet they would have been, according to the math, they would have been better off playing four on five. <laughs> yeah. Than having him on the floor. It was a poor defensive performance all across the board. And yeah. It's, it's, and it's like what you said in our chat. It was a bad Izzo coaching job because, like, he kept playing Brooks. He kept doubling in the post on Trace Jackson Davis when I thought when they were guarding him one-on-one. <clears throat> that's That was working more than it was than doubling him i think like this this is my yeah this is my biggest pet peeve with tom Mizzo that this season okay you want to you want to roll with 10 scholarships fine that's your right you've earned that right as a coach okay you want to roll with a thin squad that's fine squads with thin rotations are the ones who are successful in march that logic tracks armando baycott had practically no acl and Hubert Davis was was telling him to fucking shake it off and get back out there. And he did. And he did. And they made it to the national championship game. He's fine. He's, yeah, he's fine. fine. <laughs> tis but a flesh. Tis but a flesh wound. <laughs> but if you're gonna roll with ten guys, you need to concede on some of your other on some of your other coaching strategy. Like if you're gonna roll with ten guys and play both your point guards at once. The two foul auto bench has to go out the window. Yeah, you can't you can't afford that. You got to roll the dice every once in a while. The team <clears throat> fell apart once AJ went to the bench. You could see it. It's like it's yep. like they it's like a fucking it's like they watched it's like they watched an animal sacrifice. I mean, fuck. Yeah, weren't we up like twenty five to seventeen? Yep. Yeah, up nine. AJ gets a second. He's auto benched for the rest of the half. Indiana finishes the half up five and all the fucking momentum in the world. They finished the half on a 21 to seven run. And then there was a point where Jaden Akins hit a three and we were up 51 49 and Indiana went on a 33 to 18 run. To oh my God. Just nothing to stem the run. And like, and like you said, Pierre does not play defense. So if you're going to roll with 10 scholarship guys and one of the scholarship guys is a complete fucking liability, like Ryan Gosling and remember the Titans level <laughs> liability, you need to, you need to dip into the bag and you need to go, Jason, get in there. He'll defend. Right? That's what he's, that's what he does. He'll defend. He will absolutely defend. If you need to get Hauser a blow from this point out, I would honestly rather see Whiten's out there. Than Pierre Brooks Why because more effort. I would rather have I would rather have a 
I'd rather have someone who's not going to score points but plays hard defense and hustles than a guy who's going who's gonna to throw up bricks and, and not try on defense. Pierre Brooks should just inherit the 44 jersey for all intents and purposes. I mean, what the fuck? Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, no. Um, two things. The first thing is we had six bench points. They all came from Jackson Kohler. So you can't, you just can't, you can't roll with that deep bench lineup. Like it just doesn't, it just doesn't work. Um, Second thing is Indiana came into this game as one of the most efficient three point shooting teams in the big 10. So you sagged off the three point line to double trace Jackson Davis, who for the most part didn't need to be doubled. They were doing a good job guarding him straight up one-on-one, I think. Honestly, also, and it's the same thing. Like, Izzo, three is more than two. This team, if you give them open looks, they're going to knock them down. So don't do that. <laughs> take the two. Like, take take Trace Jackson Davis getting those twos at the, at the, at the basket. But go, don't just guard everybody else. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah. I think honestly, the like a bright spot was they did guard Jalen Hood Shafino really well. He's a he's a very talented uh, young freshman. And I think AJ Hogard and Aikens both took cracks at guarding him. And they I think they both did a good job. Yeah, but Mark, but Mark off random guy goes up goes nuclear against MSU off your MSU basketball bingo card for today. Yeah, Tamar Bates was apparently Steph Curry today. Every five or six for three. Every I don't know. It's just, it feels like, it feels like if there's a team with a pulse, MSU is going to white knuckle or MSU is going to white knuckle a win or lose until Malik Hall comes back. Yeah. The good thing is though, like it seems like he's closer to returning than we expect. Right. And I don't know, you know when ex- that is, but expecting to lose him for the season, you were like, okay, let's just fucking get to March and see what happens. Right. I like, I don't know. Like is like, see the thing about college basketball is, is like you can sustain a couple bad losses. Right. The problem is we've already had a couple bad fucking losses. We have seven losses already. That loss to Notre Dame in South Bend. I don't care. I don't care if they played. I don't care if they played a, I don't care if they played a triple overtime game at noon the same day. That's an unacceptable fucking loss. Especially because Notre Dame is so bad. Northwestern at home, they only have one guy who's worth anything. And you knew that. He's cooked you his entire 12-year career. (laughs) And, And you let him do it again. Yep. I don't know. Like the Gonzaga loss, <clears throat> yeah, that one stung, but they're Gonz- it was Gonzaga. It was it was on an aircraft carrier. It basically they won that game. Count. Yeah, they won that game. Not they won that game indoors. Carrier. They yeah. won that game indoors. Uh, Alabama, they're the number one team in the country. Brandon Miller's like a top five pick. Yeah, no shame. You were and you were out. You were without Malik Hall and Jay Nakins. 
You didn't have yeah. either of them. So I'll, ex- I'll take that loss. I'll take that loss every day. Notre Dame, unacceptable. Northwestern, unacceptable. Honestly, today, unacceptable. Today, unacceptable. Friday, unacceptable. Unacceptable loss. Who are we playing Friday? No, we love. I'm talking about Illinois. Oh, two Fridays ago. Okay. You were up nine with eight minutes left. Unacceptable loss. You don't only take seven threes in a game. And expect uh, to win. I mean, miss them all too, but like you modern shoot the clips doesn't work. Yeah, modern Monday, basketball doesn't work that way. Monday, like whatever, whatever but you could have won. You could have won that game. We and, fucking had it. And that game pissed me off because that ball was not out on MSU at the end. That I touched mean, Zach, that touched Zach Eady. Whatever. Big 10 yeah. refs, like you had a chance to get it to overtime. And we just bitched at Izzo for double teaming Chase Jackson Davis. You knew who was getting the fucking ball. You knew. There was no effort. Like he you gave knew. no effort. Like he caught the ball, dribbled once, turned to his other shoulder, and just dropped it in. Yeah, you any knew. Resistance. You want to do this fucking stupid twin tower lineup with Kohler and Cooper. You fucking you you pull out whoever you have playing for, Hauser, Pierre, whoever, you throw in Cooper, and you just double-team the motherfucker, and you let face-guard fucking Fletcher Lawyer, thanks, Dane, and you figure it the fuck out. Someone else has to beat you. That was so frustrating. That... That loss, it wasn't a bad loss, but it was still frustrating because you knew who they were going to in crunch time. And yep. you didn't do anything. You knew who was getting the ball at the end with, with however many seconds left there were. Ten. Yeah, you, you knew it was going to be down low to him. And they just kind of let it happen. It feels like Izzo loses games out of spite at this point. Like Stubbornness. It's stubborn. Right? You don't roll with 10 guys because you think you have a lot of, you think you have a, a great set of 10 guys. You roll with 10 guys because you're fucking stubborn and you don't want to use the fucking portal. Because that's not how you breed competition or whatever. God, I don't get that. There are talented players out there, dude. Go get them. Go get a center. You. I mean, watching Julius Marble, he's cooking. Like, he was cooking against Sheboy in Kentucky. Cooking. Good and, for then him. To, and then to watch Madi refuse to dunk the ball. You are six foot eight. You have a seven three wingspan. You don't have to get that high off the ground. And he refuses to dunk the ball refuses instead he wants to take fucking baby hooks it's like you're not hakeem man i don't know i whatever i like like it's like it it's like i got the script for next week we're gonna beat the fucking shit out of iowa on thursday because Iowa's terrible yeah and if, 
And all you have to do is face guard Sanford and everyone else is just going to fucking brick threes all day. They don't play defense. Fran McCaffrey teams never play defense. So we're going to, so we're going to butt fuck Iowa. And then we're going to go to Mackey on Sunday and get oh. absolutely butt fucked. Oh, we're, my I'm bad fan. That. If I don't watch that game. No, no, I'm considering not watching. If we're, I close already half, know, I might, if we're close to half, I might tune in. I already know how it's going to go. We're yeah. going to go down 15 before the under 12. We're going to fight back, cut it to seven at halftime, come out the second half hot, cut it to three, and then we're going to lose the game by 16. Yeah. <laughs> like, in the words, in the words of, of the great, the immortal Taylor Swift, I think I've seen this film before, and I don't like the ending. I mean, <clears throat> at this point, we should say we probably won't see Malik back until what the early February at the at best. Yeah, I would say mid February, early mm-hmm. to mid. I mean, we're hoping the Michigan game. Michigan game. Not- Michigan game's the target for me. Yeah, that's, that's got to. That's gotta the difference ready. maker right there. He's got to um, be ready. I mean, we we have to. I think we're going to get in, but like we can't afford many more bad losses because that our tournament streak would be, could be in jeopardy. We'll be, we'll do what we need to do in the big 10 tournament and get in. I'm not worried about that. I mean, like as crazy as it is, I don't know if this just because the big 10 is like a pack of a big pack of mid or like, it's just so deep or it's so deep at like the second tier that like everyone is just beating the fuck out of each other. Yeah, I tend to lean towards big pack amid because I know what MS I see M, how MSU plays, and if the rest of the league is around the same, I have to assume everyone's fucking mid except for Purdue and even Purdue's mid. They'll Purdue's going to get bounced first mid. weekend. Purdue might get a one seed and lose to a sixteen. They're Joe Lenardi's top overall seed, <laughs> which. They probably should be just based off resume. Yeah. I mean, their one loss was, what, one point to Rutgers? Yeah. I I don't know. Like, are we ever going to win a road game in the Big Ten again? We'll see. For the rest of the Big Ten season until Malik comes back? Because, you know, we have Iowa at home on Thursday. Iowa's dead in the water. I think we're going to beat Iowa. I really do. They're pretty bad. We'll power slam Iowa, and then we got to go to Mackey on Sunday. <laughs> We're just absolutely annihilated. Is that a nooner? That is 12-15. Absolutely okay, annihilated. Gets it out of the way so we can enjoy championship Sunday. Then, then uh, Rutgers at MSG next Saturday. I don't know to make heads or tails of it. Uh, New York's basically neutral. There's a lot yeah. of MSU alumni in New York. There'll be a lot of people from that area who will, who will travel to New York. I, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm going to call that a loss. Yeah. Maryland Maryland at Breslin on Tuesday, on, should, on February 7th. Should be a win. Should be a win. Ohio State at in Columbus. They suck. We can they beat them. S- they suck. I think that's going to be a win. We can Minis- beat them. Minnesota. Win. Terrible at team. home, basement drillers. 
Michigan at Chrysler. Nine o'clock p.m. on Saturday. If Malik's not back, I'm chalking it up as a loss. Oh, we're gonna get worked over if Malik's not back. I. It's gonna go bad, and Hunter's gonna do his flexing flexing and jerk off motion, and they beat Minnesota by four. Yeah, they're bad. They're fucking bad. They're terrible. But <laughs> they're fucking awful. But I do not – I don't trust Madi. That's either. the issue. There's only one center on this team I trust, and he's a fucking freshman. We shouldn't have to rely on the, on the freshman to, to do that job. They but should not be put in that position. Unless they're like five-star mega talent like an Anthony Davis or something. <laughs> or a Xavier Booker. Hmm. Oh, well, yeah. he's more of a he's more of a power forward. I think. I think he's a. I think he's more of a Jaron Jackson, where he's like a stretch forward. Anyway, I mean, I think we're going to get in, but man, I'm going to be. I think. I think we're going to be sweating it. If it's if another, we another year game where we're going to be that we're not supposed to, I think we're going to be sweating pretty hard. It's going to be another year while we're where we're sweating it, where we're sweating, that. where we're sweating a tournament berth. I mean, I was sweating 2021. I wasn't sweating. Oh, absolutely. I think we were doomed without those three wins. Yeah. Without two of them, without two of them, I think we were doomed. Yep. I, I wasn't sweating last year. Like I knew we were in last year, but, but then I just, I was worried about who we were going to play. And of course they fucking made us play Davidson. Then we played Duke, right? Yeah. Yep. We had that game that, that pissed me off. That still pisses me off. I just, I don't know. Like it just like, like, it's starting to feel like Izzo does this shit out of spite. Like, it just feels like... <clears throat> I, I don't know if he thinks we've gotten too... If the fan base has gotten too fat and sassy or fucking what. But I, I watch these games and I watch the way Izzo coaches and I watch the lineups he puts out and I'm just... I'm flabbergasted. I Like, I don't understand what the fuck he's doing. I agree with you. I think sometimes he does, like, learning lesson games we can't have those and we're we're not like we weren't like 17 and one you know we're 13 and seven we're we're in the nine we're in the eight nine seed line probably now i'd imagine this wasn't a loss that helped us for sure no we were a seven uh last i checked bracketology yesterday so so we probably dropped down to an eight Probably like an eight, yeah. yeah. We could have bumped up to a six if we won today, but Oof, that would have been nice. Been I just, better. I don't, I, I don't know. Like it's just like <clears throat> without Malik Hall, this team, it, it's like here comes my weekly South Park reference. <laughs> without Malik, it just no hope. Oh. <laughs> no hope. Wow. <laughs> Stan Marsh. Stan had it all. Stan Marsh had it all. <laughs> that is a great episode. Holy shit. I've got to watch that episode. But now he's about to find out. Her? <laughs> I just is easier than it seems. Um, Today, Michigan State was Rob Schneider in. A, a stapler. Carrot. A carrot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm a carrot. <laughs> uh yeah, and, and I think the Notre Dame game we were Rob Schneider and derp to derp to Tito Lee. Derp to derp. Derp to derp to Tito Lee Derp. 
Um, let's move on. I mean, we can we could talk. We've talked almost the whole pod. So, well, <laughs> the whole pod. Duh. We beat Rutgers. We beat Rutgers. Cool. It wasn't looking great. It doesn't times. matter now. <laughs> <laughs> that luster of the win, you know, came crashing down pretty quickly after we were up 25 to 16 in, in, in Indiana. Um, but, I mean, has anything football happened? Um, no. uh, had a fairly candid interview with Jack Ebling. Did you? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't listen to it. I so, read it. Oh, I read, read it? it. I read Justin's. I read Justin's uh, write-ups about it. So, so here's my thing: is Mel can be as candid as he fucking wants, but if you're not gonna like show show that you mean what you say then you could basically get up there and fucking make fart noises into a microphone. Like, you can say all you want about how disappointed you are with last season and how you wish things had been different. But if you're not going to, like, address your biggest problem areas and employ people who don't deserve to continue being employed, then... Anyone specific? Uh yeah, his his name rhymes with Schmoss Schmelz. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Ross L's more like Ross Smells. Yeah, seriously. Uh, I just don't special teams. Like it's just an empty gesture. And the fact that Ross L's is still <clears throat> employed, like not good. It just makes me feel like the comments about an open quarterback competition are hollow. Because I did, remember I said that. Remember when you when you posted that link? I said, I'll believe it when I see it. I, I do not believe it's open competition. Like, here's the thing, right? Even in 2021, right, taking off, like, the Kenneth Walker class, taking off the Kenneth Walker classes, uh, it was pretty clear Peyton Thorne is not a Big Ten quarterback. He had moments. He had moments. He, sure. felt more of like a, he felt more of like a Northwestern quarterback than a Michigan State quarterback. Though. Right, like, like a big time okay. quarterback in in that sense. Yeah, yeah. Where he has a couple moments where you're like, "Holy shit, what the fuck? That's awesome!" And yeah. then there's just like a ton of boneheaded mistakes, and <clears throat> like it's and the O line run protection was fucking awful. Sure, I'm not gonna defend Cap or the O line for their run blocking. It was fucking awful, but all the metrics say their pass blocking was actually pretty fucking good. And Peyton Thorne, like, bozo, was just a fucking bozo out there. And if there is truly an open comp, like, here's the thing. If you say there's an open quarterback competition and Peyton Thorne wins the job, it makes me think one of two things. One, the competition actually wasn't open, so you're a fucking liar. And you're going to lose one of, and you're going to lose either Hauser or leave it to the portal or two, it truly was an open competition and neither of them could beat out Peyton Thorne, which is a bigger fucking indictment on Jay Johnson than anything he did this past season. If you bring in two four-star quarterbacks and none of them can, and none of them could beat out a Nepo baby, then we have some fucking problems. I agree. I think 
the thing about it being a open competition means that it's it's Hauser's job because like why are you having an why are you even putting out there that you're having an open competition with the guy who started the last like 25 games for you that's that's what leads me to believe that they're they're just trying to nod at Hauser and be like this is yours go ahead and and take it like this guy is is has not earned it it's this is if you push him this is yours and honestly i think leave it maybe better than both of them uh but i don't think we'll see him this this year we may see him i don't know we'll see but yeah i mean i honestly think leave it is the best quarterback on the roster he he we he's just not ready i do now think that hauser is going to be ready and I think that I'm just going to go complete full circle. I think that it would have been really nice to have a bowl game uh, and have those practices and just get a little bit of extra reps for, uh, for Hauser, but we didn't get a bowl game because we gave up 200 special teams yards to Indiana, a dead man walking team that we were up 24 seven on in that first half. And uh, that is just kind of where we're at. And I don't in yeah, I mean, I don't know. You can blame Peyton Thorne for that. I mean, he definitely didn't do he just he definitely didn't get the job done. No. Do I think he was actively the reason that they lost games? No. I think there were a lot of factors as to why the team went five and seven. I honestly think if Snow and Henderson don't get hurt early on, they're they at it. least in a bowl game. Yeah. But no, for sure. I, I think we beat Minnesota with Snow and Henderson. I really do. That defense just had no leadership. That they he, looked very they, confused, and the communication yeah. was awful without those guys. Just got dog-walked the entire game because they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. But on a positive note, it I mean, it's the offseason, so hope springs eternal with uh, with the offseason. But, I mean, guys Not are... Not me. I, I am completely, like, I don't know. I am fucking rat poisoned. Like, <laughs> I just don't, like... Like, what... I, I don't know. Like, like, okay, like best class in school history, fine. But every big name recruit, you swing and miss on. Like, by Job, good. But like, Samson Okunola would be a week one starter here. And like, this is the thing, right? We need to get the collective organized, okay? Yep. Because... Having fucking, having fucking, uh, having Barstool Sports at home be like the main driver of, of Michigan State NIL by having fucking shitty looking hoodies and no shade to Sheehan or, or Justin. Like this program was already in motion by the time you guys took over the show. No shade to you. No shade to the show. But if you're going to like, if this is the main driver of the collective and we and the school down the road is basically paying fringe draftable talent uh, their their signing their potential signing bonus to come back for another year like we need to get the in the words of Bill Rafferty we need to get these fucking puppies organized right and I know, and I know it's illegal for Tucker to do anything about it. Like we, I don't know who we talk to, whether we talk to fucking Strayhorn or fucking uh, 
or Masalem or or whoever. But the, we gotta we gotta like reorganize this collective. And again, we don't need the billionaires to give to it. We don't need Ishbia and Steve St. Andre and Dan Gilbert to, to fund the collective. We just need a bunch of asshole personal injury lawyers with too much money. That's all we need. That's that's what makes up that's what those were the bad men pre-NIL were personal injury attorneys and doctors and fucking hedge fund assholes. Like these are the guys we need to go after. And I know calling them assholes probably isn't the way to do it, but I'm not the head of the collective. We're so not I the don't sale fucking people. care. I'm not a, I'll, I'll sell. I'll fucking, I'll do whatever it takes to, to bring MSU a national championship. I don't fucking care. But, like, it's a different game. And, like, the NIL marketplace and, like, the financial literacy, the financial literacy stuff, like, that's all fine and good. But you got to drop fucking bags, man. We got to drop bags. Especially for a left tackle. Yeah, for a left tackle, for a running back, for... Uh, for edge rushers, for interior defensive linemen, for safeties, for cornerbacks. Like, those are thin positions where talent matters. Georgia just won back-to-back national championships with a fucking walk-on at quarterback. Anything is possible. All right? I don't – Thorne could be the quarterback if there, if there was a top-10 defense coming back, but there's not. The MAGA trenches aren't walking through that door. Okay. I'm surprised at how little they've recruited the secondary. Like they don't swing on the big names at secondary. Like they don't go for these like five star corners and stuff. And I'm really confused. Like, and not, not it's not even that. It's like the top like 100 type corners. They have a couple for 2024, but we won't see those guys for a long time. So it's like that doesn't really matter. Um, yeah. You, I mean, I think it starts with the trenches for sure. Like that's how teams get built. And I think that they've done a good job building the uh, defensive line for that reason. That was another thing Mel talked about was the uh, open defensive line coordinator position. And he said uh, there's a lot of, he's like, he's looking at a lot of names and there's a lot of interest. My question was, is it interest that he has interest in hiring or that he has a lot of people interested in coming to Michigan state? I mean, when when we've hired someone already, if there were, like people lining up, you know. I don't know. <laughs> um, that would be cool. I mean, go get like an SEC defensive line coach or something. Go get a go get a fucking like Alabama defensive line assistant. I don't even care. Yeah, go get a fucking analyst. Like, go get go, them to go get them to be like a defensive line person, and then just I'm fine if you bump fucking Kevin Vickerson up to the defensive line coach position. He's done a good job with those guys. And there's enough talent on that line that I'm not even super worried about that position either. No. And the new NCAA rules, which we haven't touched on, you can have as many fucking people given instruction as basically are employed now. Right? So you can have fucking Darian Harris out there teaching linebackers. Uh, The Ryan Osborne rule. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You can have fucking, you know, you can have Darian Harris out there. You can have fucking whoever. 
fuck, man. Like, I don't know. I'm so cynical about this team now. They have to prove it. I like you're, it, you have to, if you're not going to fire Ross Ells, then you got to, you got to prove it on the field. You know, if you're not going to like hold Jay's feet to the fire or you're not going to pin or you're not going to pin computer access crimes on them, you gotta, you know, whatever. I don't fucking care. You got, you're going to have to win. You're going to have to justify keeping these guys employed because right now the only guys in my mind that have earned their keep are Brandon Jordan and Courtney Hawkins. Everyone else, as far as I'm concerned, is a fucking dead man walking. And the fact that they're still employed uh, is a major red flag for Mel Tucker in this program. Yeah. There, there are moves that you need to make in order to push yourself into the upper echelon of serious college football contenders. And we just haven't done that yet. Uh, whether and that's what drives me crazy. NIL stuff like they just haven't done it yet that's what drives me crazy Mel like we hired Mel off of fucking Nick Saban's recommendation yep like he's worked with Nick Saban and Kirby Smart two of flat out the best coaches in college football and I felt like he's learned zero lessons from either of them or it's like he's taken away the lessons that he maybe shouldn't have. <laughs> right. It, like like Matt Patricia. And I'm not I'm not saying Mel Tucker's Matt Patricia. That's immediately who I thought of when I said that. Right. It it's like it's like he he did a Belichick assistance where he goes, Oh, these are the things you do to be a successful head coach. Like he, he thinks he's Nick Saban when you really can't replicate Nick Saban. Right, but the but Nick Saban does everything well. He accepts no bullshit. He he brings on talented minds of he brings on like all these former coaches, like he gets their labor for free because they don't want to void their buyouts. <laughs> like that's the whole secret. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Like and and then when their buyout runs out and they're doing a good job. You elevate them to a coordinator position. Like, that's what, like, like Cliff Kingsbury is getting $100,000 a week for the next five years. In Thailand. And he's in Thailand right now. Oh, Mel. Oh, come to the Rams. Get on a fucking plane and say, we'll give you $30,000 to be an offensive analyst. You'll work 25 hours a fucking week. We'll fly you in. You can be anywhere. We'll fucking fly you in. All you have to do is script some plays and tell us in advice. So that way, the buyout stays intact, but you have one of the best legitimate offensive minds telling you what to fucking do. That's the thing is, is it if if it's another off season of uh, Jay Johnson saying he's going to open up the playbook and <laughs> it's the same stuff we've been running the last three years, I'm going to lose my mind. Yep, he better just shut the fuck up. It's like, bro, we have so many tight ends on this roster right now. Like, there's the two that are the regular guys, Carr and Jack Nickel, 
And then you bring in uh tiny L hopper from Boise state. You bring in uh Jalen Franklin from Wisconsin. You bring in uh Adamola filet from, uh, from Norfolk state, but that was just, you brought that guy in because you wanted Samson Okamola, but that didn't even work. Uh, but look, you have a bunch of tight ends and some of them are good blockers. I mean, Jack Nickel is an elite blocker already. Tiny L hoppers, a supposed elite blocker Carr's a good receiver. Like, Without like now the fact that you have Jaden Reed gone, uh, Keon and Mosley are your like two most reliable receiving options. You need to use the tight end. Like Malik Carr should probably be the third look on offense. And in second and medium, he's the first look. Like I'd agree. I don't. Yeah, like that's the thing. Is like I don't. Like I'm so. I'm so pessimistic about the short-term future of MSU football because I don't see I don't see where this team is going to get nine wins next year. Where are those nine wins coming from? I don't know. I just know a lot of people are going to get really, uh, really racist. They're going to get incredibly racist. I was going to say they're going to get really impatient. But also for next year, which also racist, like I'm not even being like racist. Like, I just don't like I just don't get what the fuck Mel is doing. Like, it just feels like you're you're it almost feels like he's like tanking. And it's like there are no fucking draft picks, dude. Guys want to go to winning programs. Guys want to get paid and they want to go to winning programs. And if and you're and you're 0 for two, you're 0 for two in that department. Josh Pate said it on Late Kick. They you saw the ceiling and the floor. Where is the middle for this program? I don't see it. This team can either go 10 and 2 next year or they could go four and eight. I don't fucking know. Guess we'll find out. Like it's fun times. You lose you like Ross Ells lost the only the only thing that kept him afloat this offseason. How the fuck are you gonna replace that? How do you justify his continued employment? Yeah, I wish someone would ask him, like, like just straight up, why is he still here? Like, and like you're gonna get the bullshit coach hmm. speak. Well, uh, we don't talk about other men's jobs. Uh, you know, all the coaches are working really hard to make sure to not uh, replicate last year. And uh, I believe in the staff. It's gonna East Lansing. It's a problem. It's a problem of execution, uh, which is yeah. a fucking coward's answer, by the way. I hate. It's it's a problem of. Execution. That's a lazy answer. It's like where does the execution fall then? Right, because if the scheme is fucking awful and they execute it perfectly, it looks like poor execution, doesn't it? Yep. It, like, uh, <laughs> the racist thing reminds me, East, East Lansing is going to turn into, uh, well, certain residents of East Lansing who I think I know two people. One is, I make fun of his last name after a car. Um, uh, they're going to turn to that South Park episode where Token recruited all the other, um, like, rich black people to uh to come to south park t time, time to leave, to leave? 
how does that how's that property oh it's great yeah i bet it is it looks nice like they're just gonna do that to him like i'm not trying to be off color but i just watched that episode so it reminded me of it um hey richard yeah hey richard how do what what was he doing oh man i just talking about like clothes or like like a private yeah. section at like a dinner or something like a right or something yeah oh no the seats bill cosby yeah if you're hey richard if you're gonna sit here you gotta sit the front of the bus <laughs> how is I, that oh it's pretty nice yeah it looks nice yeah um I, I don't know. I, I I have faith for now, but I'm telling you, if I think we're going to get boat raced by Washington again. Oh, and uh, if we do, if that game's not as competitive as last year was, or if, I mean, obviously worse, then uh, then we have some problems. I think that's when I'm really going to start to panic. Like if we can't get improvement against a team that we saw last year at home where they travel thousands of miles, then I think it's time to start to really worry about where this program's going. And like you know I said, what? go ahead. And Alan Holler, if you're Oof, if yeah. you're if you're an athletic director who's worth any shade of a shit, you'll make that game at noon. Yep. <laughs> yep. You it's gotta be will noon. make that game at noon. Has to be noon. If you're worth fucking anything, you're you're at Fox right now sucking any cock in in your in your field of vision to get that game at big noon kickoff. It could be. I mean, I don't know what the schedule's looking like for next year for other big isn't it week three? Yeah. Week three? Yeah. Yeah, it's week three. I like I said, I'm if we get if we get asked, if we get uh been over in that game again by the same score, if not more, then then there's uh that place is gonna start to empty out pretty quickly. You're gonna see the boo birds come down and you're gonna see tickets being sold for really, really cheap again. It's it's gonna happen if that I hope not, but I really don't have confidence that our defense is gonna prove that much to where Michael Penix gets shut down or like even just limited, even just limited him. We made him look like a Heisman winner last year. He'll probably have good odds next year. I don't think he'll be a finalist or anything, but he'll have. Yeah, I mean, how many how many Heisman winners are like thirty five years old? You know. Um, we have anything else to want to talk about real quick? What what else did we think? Were we gonna play off football? Here's the like. I don't know. Like. I don't know what more we can say about the Matt Weiss thing that Lenny hasn't already said. Yeah, I'm sure someday we'll find out. I mean, it's it's just weird. It's a weird thing, and but and and, and also Johnny Porkfat going up there and being like going up there and basically tweeting for Harbaugh saying that him and Ward haven't spoken since March. It's like fuck you, man. Like, how stupid do you think we are? Right. Like. Okay, like Harbaugh obviously wants Ward fired because Ward was like, fuck you, because Ward called his bluff this time about the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> and fucking and fucking Santa came down the chimney and was like, Okay. Wow, I almost made a big no-no. Okay. <laughs> and 
And Santa came down the chimney and said, oh, Jimmy, we'll give you whatever you want. (laughs) It's just weird how this time it, it, oh, man. It's weird how this time it ended. Just kind of ended on a fud. Like, all of a sudden, he was like, all the rumored Broncos were going to offer him 20 mil a year. And then, like, a week later, he's like, hey, guess what? I'm committed to Michigan. Yeah, he had fucking Hayes Fawcett do a, did a, do a commitment graphic for him. <laughs> the first time I've ever fucking seen that. Standing fucking, in the stadium. Yeah, 12-foot-tall Harbaugh outside of Michigan Stadium. He, he did a Blueprint J uh, picture. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Michigan, I am committed for life. Uh, oh. As a coach only. Committed as a God only committed as a fan. What a oh, I pulled that one out of the old the old hard drive. Um yeah, let's talk NFL playoffs. Right now where the Cowboys and 49ers are playing. Dak just got picked off again. Dip fast, but it wasn't a good throw. Um what are we how about them Bengals? I love that team. Oh, I love them. I hope they win. Hope they win the Super Bowl. They legit yeah. can the way they're the confidence they're playing with, how talented they are offensively. Yep. Yeah, who knows how the bad way their Mahomes defense is, is playing. The, yeah, it's the perfect storm's brewing for them to go in and they had Josh over. Allen all sorts of confused. Eleven years after he was drafted, Eli Apple is finally living up to his potential. Fucking wild. And it took bad weather <laughs> to do it. <laughs> took a snowfall game to do it. I lo- I like I'm glad Demar Hamlin was there, but like I thought it was funny every time they cut to him, you couldn't see him because of all the fucking snow. Huh. All right, let's check in on Demar Hamlin, how he's doing in his suite. <laughs> it's just just flurries after flurries. I'm like, yeah, maybe you just wait or like play pre-recorded footage or something. Like, don't do it right now. Um, yeah, I was impressed with Jacksonville. They had, man, they fucking had it. And then, then, uh, Jamal Agnew, former line, great dropped the ball literally and physically. I honestly thought at first watching it, I thought it was just an incomplete pass, but then when they showed the replay, it definitely, he, he caught it and took two steps. Yeah. He had like four steps and then just dropped it. Like I could not believe that. Wasn't that to tie it or was that to... I think that was to cut it to three. I don't think that uh, was to tie it. Yeah, it would have cut it. It would have cut the score in half. Yeah. Because they got the ball back after that and kicked a field goal and tried to do it. That's right. Yeah. Um, Philadelphia, I'm kind of. That team is good, man. They're really good, but man, they they're due to get humbled by someone. I, I hope. I think whoever I think the the Philly that Philly's going to the Super Bowl, and I just hope whoever comes out of the AFC can work can can beat them. I don't know if anyone's going to beat Philadelphia. Yeah, Philly's tough, man. I... When they're when they're on, there are no one's going to beat them. They're on when they're on, they're on. Nasty offensive line. They have a defense yep. that flies. Um, two elite receiving options. Man, this team is built so well. I, I yeah I don't think I think the Niners I think the Niners have a better shot against them than the Cowboys but it's go ahead it's honestly kind of crazy that 
uh, that the Eagles got rid of their Super Bowl winning coach, like pretty unceremoniously fired him. Right. Uh, decided to do a fly by the wire rebuild with a third round quarterback, and like they're better, they're better off for it. <laughs> yeah, you gotta give Siri or uh, gotta give Howie Roseman his flowers for sure. I mean that that's nuts. People were making fun of the Sirianni hire when it when it was coming down the pipeline. Yeah, I think it's because he like struggled in his like interview or, or like his like introductory presser. And like, oh, this this is going to be a disaster. Well, right, it's a disaster for whoever plays him because he schemes he out schemes every coach he plays. I yeah, I think they're going to win the Super Bowl, but I really hope the AFC can pull it off. Just whoever wins, I don't care who wins out of the AFC. Yeah, uh, who just got carded? Is that Tony Pollard? Yeah, that's Tony Pollard. Oh, he got carded off. Yeah, yeah, he's got a nice oh. bag on his ankle and his cleat is off on the. Yep, that's not good. His right foot. Oh, that's not good. Sorry, combo. If you that stinks. Me. Pollard is so good, and he's due for a payday this year. Yep. This um, is the first time I'm going to debut this take. Um, I want to. Um, I want to run this by you guys and see and see what your thoughts are. Um, a sixth round draft pick for Stenson Bennett the fourth. What do you guys? How do you guys? What's your What's your reading on that? Pretty sure. harmless. Yeah. So I mean, like, I don't <clears throat> like the hits keep coming for the Detroit Lions. Uh, we haven't talked. Uh, ben Johnson said, "Thank, but no thank." To become an NFL head coach. Um, said, go Honolulu Blue. Go Geen. Go Honolulu Blue. <laughs> uh, he's staying. Honolulu Blue. <laughs> sounds like Sheila. Sounds like Sheila busted out the checkbook. Uh, now it's like all these. Un- now all these free agents like Kaminsky, Isaiah Bugs, uh, they're all like, we'll take pay cuts to come back. Um, <laughs> really? That's. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yep. We'll take pay cuts to come back. Shit. They are building they're ready to make a run. Building man. something special. That I am so like I've never been. Like I said last, like I said last week, like I have I haven't felt this good about the short and medium term future of the Lions in my entire fucking life. Yeah, it's it's set up to be pretty special couple of years. And everything in my bones is telling me that I'm getting myself set up to be fucking crushed like a bug. Neutral observer. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I really don't. Like, it, the thing is, is if they win the NFC North next year, which is entirely in the realm of possibility, and they win in the wild card round but lose in the divisional round, are you going to – is that going to be, like, a disappointment? Um – because I think that's I think that is entirely possible. Winning a playoff game, I think, like I said, winning at Lambeau was the last demon to slay. Winning the division and winning a playoff game is like that. Those are like the those are um like the winning at Lambeau is kind of like the prince your princesses in another castle. <laughs> winning the division <laughs> and winning a playoff game, that's like that blows the roof off expectations, I think. Because um, I'm thinking of the NFC North right now, and I'm thinking the Bears stink. The Packers are probably going to lose Aaron Rodgers. 
And I don't know. The Vikings. I don't believe that when I see it, man. I, we do I, this song and dance every fucking off season. I think this it. year it's really like gonna. He's such a fucking drama queen. I don't buy it. I mean, I hope you're right, Carter. But, but even I, if, I but even if it. he does come back, he's losing a step for sure. Like he's very, he's he was he's already lost a step. Not great this year. So like I don't, and they don't have any weapons, and their defense stinks. So I don't see Green Bay being a threat. Um, and then the Vikings are going to regress to the means. They were a 12 win team with a negative point is, differential. So is Kirk a free agent? Yes. Yes. I believe so. That's going to so, be intriguing to see. I mean, I think they're going to keep him, but it's going to be, yeah, I think, I think they're going to keep Kirk. Yeah. He's keep probably, him. he's probably going to sign something a little team friendlier than his last contract. Probably a one-on-one, um, but like a lot of guaranteed money or something. Yeah. Well, his, this contract was fully guaranteed. I think yeah. they cut. I think they cut Thielen too. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Thielen's gone. Yeah, Thielen's done. Um. So and but you know they have pretty shitty draft position. Um. They don't really have a lot of capital to move up. Their GM's um, kind of stupid. Like <laughs> some I don't of the know. I don't, that doesn't sound familiar to me. Huh. Like trading a second for trading a second for Dropinson. <laughs> um. Thank you. Yeah, no doubt. The, um, then the whole like thirty second type trade where you get to move up to get Jamison Williams, thirty second overall pick, I guess. Yeah, giving giving your giving your giving your division rival a giving your division rival like the next Justin Jefferson. Uh, good fucking move, fellas. And his uh, first touchdown was against them too. Yeah, that's fucking so sick. That's why I legit, I don't know if it's crazy, but I legit think the Lions should be, when August rolls around, the betting favorite to win the NFC North. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like Chicago's two years away. Yeah, Chicago's Um, a little while. Chicago's probably, like, depending on when they break break ground on Arlington Heights, um, they're probably, like, two years away from being competitive. Like, I would imagine... Like they're gonna do the thing all teams who want new stadiums do, where they're just gonna be purposefully bad on where they're just gonna be bad on purpose, so that they can continue to justify building a new stadium. And then once the new stadium is built, they'll they're turn good. on the they'll turn on the Jets. Yeah. Um. I. Like yeah, I don't like. Like winning the division and winning a playoff game, I think be pretty is, cathartic. I would be pretty happy. Um, now I think how they lose that divisional game is gonna mm. factor a lot into that. Do they do they have to go? Do they have to go to Philly? They might. Or do they have a home game against a against like against the fucking I don't know against some team who was like whoever wins whoever wins the NFC right. South exactly if they have to and then if they lose that game to a fucking to the sub five hundred Falcons or whatever no offense Carter um we're making the playoffs next year Saints okay whatever then yeah I'll be pretty fucking pissed um. This this topic interests me. What do you think Sean Payton's value is? Not as like, much as he wants. 
not as much as the Saints want or not as yeah. much as he wants to be paid. Because not as much as the Saints want for him. Because you pay coaches like a lot of money, but where where do you think he's gonna go? I mean, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think the Saints think, are asking too much for him. Yeah. Cause he's agreed with some teams like in bat like didn't didn't the didn't the uh Texans and someone else like didn't they have to agree on a potential trade before talking to him? Or did I read that wrong? No, I mean like basically if you want to hire everyone knows if you want to hire Sean Payton, you have to he had you have to trade. You yeah. have to make a trade with the Saints for him. And the Saints, I think the Saints, they want two first. Yep. Two first round picks. That's no one's that, gonna want to come up off that, especially not Denver, who just gave up all those first. They don't have it <laughs> for for Russell Wilson. Yeah, the Saints don't have that money. The Texans, they want to hire fucking um, Josh, Josh McCown. McCown. <laughs> No the fucking, way. they are. They do. They want to. They, oh they wanted to hire him last year, but they got yeah. scared. They got scared. The fucking Brian Flores thing fucking scared <laughs> him. Fucking scared him off. So they hired Lovey. Yeah. Brian Flores would be a good hire. Hey, he's interviewing for the Falcons defensive coordinator job. I want him. We're also interviewing Vic Fangio. I want. Oh, you guys them. don't want him. If Raheem Morris leaves, I want Vic Fangio so bad. No, no, you actually don't want him. <laughs> <laughs> I want him so bad. So I want that Lucas, one so bad. Uh, Lucas, big news for the Rams. McVay and AD are back next next year. I think AD was always coming back. He's just <laughs> fucking around. McVay, I was honestly shocked he was coming back. I, I, I just thought he was gone. But, you know, I think you just need a couple days to, like, decompress from the season. You know, just get away from the game planning and realize that when this team is healthy, they can still make a dent in things. And the the, the train didn't just fall off the tracks. The tracks completely imploded. Like this was, I mean, historically the worst defense of a Super Bowl title ever. And that's like an anomaly. So, I mean, it. I, I'd be shocked if they were this bad next year again. And, you know, that'd be a term of health. And, I have a joking theory that he was just sandbagging that he wasn't coming back so Liam Cohen, the offensive coordinator, could leave. Because I thought that guy stunk. And now they're – I don't know what they're going to do at OC. I, th- I think he legit thought he was going to get Cliff. Hmm. And then Cliff just took a plane to Thailand and said, fuck off. Like, not – Well, he, he still could get Cliff. I mean, we don't know what – I was going to say, Cliff's not interested. You're going to have to – I don't know what you would do to try and, to get him. I mean, and I thought Brandon Staley was going to, you know, we all thought Staley was going to get fired. And I thought, okay, if Raheem leaves, they can just call him back, have him come back. But I I was going to say, you could just have like McVay call plays. I want Frank Reich. I really do. That'd be good. I want McVay needs to start to delegate more. And I think it'll make his life easier and it'll make him want to enjoy coaching better or more, not more better, easier. Enjoy, enjoy coaching a little bit more. And you know, the best coaches delegate things, you know, look at all the greats. And, you know, if you hire a guy like Frank Reich to call your plays and like, you know, you still have a ton of input on them, but I think that's a pretty sweet deal. I, I don't think Frank Reich's coming, but, you know, you never know. They're, they might promote from within or, or some shit. I, I don't know. I don't know. What there's, happens. there's a lot of, there's a lot of vacancies and 
not a lot of candidates out no. there. I mean, like it's very thin. There's Dan Quinn. I mean, in these playoffs, D'Amico Ryan's. I mean, you have to assume he's everyone's number one choice. Didn't he turn um, down some interviews? What did What did they say just now on the Fox pregame? He's not. He's not taking interviews during this playoff run. Okay, He'll only interview so after the season's over. Yeah. So maybe um, he did. He did turn jobs down last season to come back. Yeah. But you have to assume D'Amico Ryan's is everyone's number one choice for the ball. If you have a if you have a head coaching vacancy, you want D'Amico Ryan's. I mean, and then getting he's getting attention right now. Yeah, and you know Dan Quinn. I think Dan Quinn's probably going to get another head coaching job. Have fun, whoever. But you Wait, know, no, like maybe Carolina. I think they interviewed him. Yeah. I, I don't know. And then outside of that, like, <clears throat> who else is out there, man? Like, <laughs> the 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 top, the other top coordinator candidate, Ben Johnson, told everyone, "Fuck off and survive. I'm, I'm coming back." There's a couple Rams assistants who have been getting a lot of uh, attention, but I I don't know if they're going to get jobs. But I, I know two of them on the offensive side have been getting a lot of attention. I mean, Wink Martindale, maybe. Um, hmm. Oh, from the Giants? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if anybody would. I don't know. Him. I bet a lot of people are going to be scared of yesterday, even though they shouldn't be. They're, no. I mean, I you can't, like, this is, this is a fucking big cat ass take, but you can't have your head coach be named Wink. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Like head coach Wink Martindale. It's That's just too light, too lighthearted. Yeah, too too You'd like have Buzz to be Don. Buzz or like big dog or something. So pretend you're a Vegas sharp. What are Jeff Saturday's odds of becoming the next head coach of the Indianapolis Colts? What do you think they are? I would set it at plus 120. More than that. I'll go plus 500. I'd probably put it like plus 100 because honestly, I think that they're going to give him an even chance. Oh, I, oh my God. I'd laugh so hard if they kept him. Could you imagine if you like, if you're a Colts fan and you have dreams of CJ Stroud and Ben Johnson, and then you, (laughs) and then you end up with Jeff Saturday and Derek Carr. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Sam said it himself, like, the Colts have made it so easy to emotionally detach. <laughs> Poor guy. Just I, like ever since luck, even ever since luck retired, Ugh. just dog shit decision after dog shit decision. I mean, 10 years ago, he's living the life. I mean, Andrew Luck is just coming on, you know, and now it's like you want to do the Kermit falling off the building gif when the Colts play. Uh, I get. I, mean, I guess I'm way out of the loop. Then, if he, if they really are thinking about giving it to him, I know they interviewed Aaron Glenn and Raheem Morris as well. Mm-hmm. But that's probably just Rooney Rule stuff. If they're, I, yeah, they probably are dead set on hiring him. Then, you know what, Aaron Glenn, take take my defensive coordinator, please. I mean, like, I think that, I think, I think the defense took a big step after they fired Aubrey Pleasant. And I do think there is, there is kind of, there is kind of some wisdom in like, okay, 
the third year the the third year with the coordinator scheme mm-hmm. and you know having consistency for the rookies right for Hutchinson and James Houston and Kirby Joseph and and whoever but Rodrigo. Rodrigo and all that stuff but like I don't know you're gonna lose a coordinator eventually and like if I if you like if I'm holding if I'm holding Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn over a cliff like I'm pulling up Ben Johnson <laughs> So, like, if you're going to lose one of them to a head coaching job this cycle, I'd rather have it be Aaron Glenn, honestly, because the next defensive coordinator is probably already on staff. Um, and, yeah. And I I think who's the, who's the Lions linebacker coach again? He played in the NFL. Shepard. Yes. Calvin Shepard. Calvin Shepard. Um. So I, I would like to see him get I'd like to see him get elevated. I think that'd be I think that'd be a good hire. Um, because I mean look what he did with fucking Rodrigo. <laughs> I mean he turned a seventh round pick into a stud. Yeah. I mean so, the, the future's bright no matter what, but yeah, but I, I was talking to my father-in-law about this yesterday. You want to take you'd be more comfortable with Glenn leaving right now for sure. Because Ben Johnson, I mean it's it's a matter of time before he's gone. Let's be real. Um, unless the unless Sheila just keeps opening up a playbook. Well, well, I mean, it's not even about <laughs> opening up the checkbook, right? I mean, there are only like, on <laughs> being an NFL head coach, literally, ha- it has to be the most exclusive job in the world. Yeah, I mean, you're talking a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a percent of. Of anyone involved in football, thirty-two become, people. Yeah, 30, there are thirty-two. They, the NFL employs thirty-two hard coach, thirty-two head coaches a year. Right. It's going to be interesting. I mean, I'm surprised we haven't seen more movement with these vacancies because usually they get filled pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah, I think there might be a lot of playoff coordinators. Yeah, that, that teams are looking at. Um, yeah, and plus, like. Teams are like moving on, and plus, like even at the coordinator level, there are a lot of vacancies, right? So not only do these new coaches have to fill coordinator vacancies, like like Kevin O'Connell has to go out and get a new defensive coordinator. Mike McDonald has to go out and get a new defensive coordinator. Um, John Harbaugh has to go get a new. John offense. Harbaugh has to get a new new offensive coordinator. <laughs> Greg Tell Roman, you. welcome back to Michigan. Shout out to Dylan; he was so happy. Uh, the enemy, I don't know what the fuck's going to go. I don't know what the fuck's going to I don't think he's the ever going to get hired. I, I really think he'll just wait till Andy Reid is done. And they'll give him that job. You think so? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if he's ever going to get a head coaching gig. I don't. I've, I think heard, he I've heard some poorly. stuff about him and Mahomes. I think he interviews poorly. I feel like I've heard that. I know I've talked to. I've been able to talk to like some NFL writers and they, they wonder why he doesn't have a head coaching job, but I've also heard reports that he doesn't interview well, hmm. which is kind of surprising to me, but. Hmm. I just show them Patrick Mahomes tape and be like, here's my resume. Yeah. I, I mean, that. that's, that's kind of why I'm thinking Frank Reich gets another head coaching job right away because there's just so many. He deserves it. He's a good coach. He's just right. And, and for I think team, he deserves another shot. And for a team who's in kind of win now mode, like, Frank Reich, if you're the Cardinals, like that's a pretty good gig. Who's who's the better hire out of your available candidates? I can't think of one. 
D'Amico. I mean, D'Amico Ryans is probably the number one candidate this cycle, right? Yeah. But yep. outside of him, you know, who are you gonna who are you gonna go for? And if he cut and if he came back after basically having a guarantee at a job this offseason, like if he has that much respect and reverence for Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco, like what makes you think he's gonna take a job with a division rival when he can go where there's where there's openings in comp where there's openings on the other side of the country where you can go. Right. Reich should go to the Chargers. I mean, yeah, like Reich, yeah. Reich no. with Justin Herbert would be great. Nope. He's ours. I can't believe the chart. I mean, like. I thought Staley, Staley was gone. I thought Staley, so. Staley should have been fired pitching Joe Lombardi as offensive coordinator. Especially. As, a former, as the guy, as someone who used to watch Joe Lombardi's offense. Oh. He took a team with Matthew Stafford, Calvin Johnson, and Reggie Bush, and Purdue, it, or uh, and fuck, he Tate took was team, there too. Yeah, Golden Tate. Yeah, Golden Tate. Yeah, and he produced the 19th best offense in the NFL. <laughs> how did he f- get fired for Jim Bob Cooter? Yeah. Yep. How yeah, the that's f- right. how the fuck? <laughs> You could do. You could run. Ask Madden plays and be in the top ten with those weapons. You have to try to be that. You have to try to. And suck. you had you had prime Matt Stafford too. Like you didn't prime have prime Matt Stafford, prime Calvin Johnson, Reggie Bush was still pretty fucking still very good. effective. He was the last hundred yard rusher for what? How many years? Till Swift did it. Four, yeah, four years. Um. No, I. I you know, I would have taken another look at firing Staley after he after he said, "Well, I wasn't out coached for the first half." <laughs> did he say that? Yes, yeah. he did. Oh my! What? Someone asked him, like, "What do you think? What do you think about? Uh, do you think you got out coached by Doug Peterson that game?" And you absolutely did. And he said, "Well, I didn't get out coached for the first half." <laughs> He didn't get out coach. He didn't even out coach Peterson in the first half. Peterson's quarterback just had the yips in the first half. Peterson just told Trevor Lawrence to calm down, make your throws, and you'll be okay. And that's literally what happened. They fucking won. Like Doug Peterson, he should. Peterson did out coach him severely in that. Absolutely. Peterson Staley should not have a job. He should not have a job right now. Yeah, you got out coached. You you blew a twenty seven nothing lead. Because you made zero adjustments, and all the other coach had to do was give his quarterback half a Prozac. <laughs> like, and the Chargers were just playing scared in that second half too. Like they didn't, they weren't aggressive at all. They were just like, "Yeah, we're good." They and like- Bosa, Bosa hasn't cried that much since November 2020. Jesus yeah. fucking Christ, man. Hasn't been that upset since uh, January 6th, I bet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he, told, he, got fined. he got fined quite a bit, didn't he? Milwaukee yeah. told Joey Bosa, did you hear what happened to Ashley Babbitt? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Thought he would cry. <laughs> oh, I think that's probably good. <laughs> In the pod. Uh, real quick, we got Oscar nominations coming out. Uh, Tuesday morning, 8.30 a.m. I Oh, Oscar update. I saw the whale. Thoughts? Uh, pretentious piece of shit, but Brendan Fraser deserves every award that he's nominated for. 
fucking fantastic movie. I fucking hate Darren Aronofsky. What a piece yeah. of shit director. I do not I mean, care for him at all. Like, I haven't met a guy who I I know of very few directors who have more contempt for a movie watching audience than Darren Aronofsky. Yeah. Mother, mother, I would have I would have much preferred a video of Darren Aronofsky shitting for two I, hours. I walked out of mother. I never walk on movies. I walked out of mother. I, I could not take it. And that movie. It's the laziest. I mean, it's the laziest piece of of play of of stage to screen adaptation where they don't expand on the exterior world. And like the part of that, yeah, part of yeah. that is due to like Brendan Fraser character's condition. Right. Right. Like it's not like they can have them like going out for a jog. But god damn, man, like it just felt like. It felt like they shot the they shot the stage script. Like it didn't feel like there was any adaptation at all. And like yeah, the analogy was so fucking overwrought. So overwrought. It's pretty clear he hates religion. Yeah. Thanks, man. We get it. Like beat me over the head with that shit, man. I'm an atheist too, Darren. I don't make fucking eight movies about how much religion sucks. Right, just right from the beginning. This, hey, you know the Bible sucks. You know this church sucks. Church sucks. Church is awful. I'm like, I get it, man. Can we move along? Like, oh Oh my god, oh my god, (laughs) Kyle Shanahan joke alert. That's the Cowboys ball. That's Cowboys ball. I think it's Cowboys ball. Um, no, Brendan Fraser deserves the Oscar. I I think he's gonna win it. I mean, Colin Farrell's definitely 1A, or 1B and 1A. Um, but I got a bold proclamation. The Sandman is going to get, an, he's going to sneak in at number five. I mean, I mean, like, yeah, there aren't five performances, I think. There aren't five, like, performances that I think are worthy this year. So I would rather them give a nod to, like, one of the most important actors one of the most important comedic actors of the last 40 years. Yes. Then, then give it to some, then give it to the guy from fucking all quiet on the Western front or whatever. In a legit good performance. I, I finally watched it. I thought, I thought he was really good in it. I have not watched it. yet. He, uh, he deserves a nomination in my opinion. Like it's like, it's crazy how we all thought uncut gems was his Sherlock nom. And I'm like, I watch it by myself. I'm like, you know, I really think he's going to do it with this one. I really think this is it. Uh, and I can't wait for uh, for Top Gun Maverick to be Best Picture nominated. So, I I mean, like, everything kind of feels a little... I mean, the acting categories feel feel chalky this year. I mean... It's Kiwi Kwan. Uh, it's, yeah, Kiwi... Yep. Angela Bassett is probably going to get the Career Achievement Oscar for Wakanda Forever. Um, yeah, which deserves she should have like three Oscars by now. I mean, what yeah. the fuck? Um, and then you know, best actor, it's a three horse race, best actress, it's a two horse race. Um, oh, Tar, Tar is coming to Peacock. I, I haven't seen it yet. I, I like Tar. Cassie's gonna fucking love Tar. That's my bull. Uh, yeah, it's coming to Peacock on Friday. 
Cassie is going to fucking love Tar. I want Violent Nights on Peacock, and I really want to watch it. it I've I saw Violent Night. It was it was all right. Like it was fine. It's worth a watch. I think. I mean, I, I think I'm gonna like it. Yeah, I mean, I only saw it because of A-list, and if you're only gonna see it because you have access to it on Peacock, right? And you'll have enough fun. Just and and it feels like a Crashmore movie come to life. It, it, it kind of is just. It kind of is Detective Crashmore. <laughs> Um. All right. I mean, we got anything else we want to talk about, or I think we're pretty wrapped up. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Oh, I'm all set. I'm excited. I get to see Book of Mormon on Saturday. Oh, that's sick! I, yeah. I, yeah. I hope. I, I wanted to. Wharton Center put on Book of Mormon when I was really? in school, and I didn't go. Oh, I'll let you know how it is. I'm pretty excited. My aunt, she saw it like probably six, seven years ago. She said. It's the hardest she's ever laughed in her life. So um, I cannot, I can't fucking wait. Um, yeah, we're going Saturday afternoon at Miller Auditorium. So I just dox myself. Um, all right. So we got two games. What we got, yeah, Thursday we got Iowa, and then we're at Mackey next week, right? Yeah. Oh, that's going to be fun. Um, all right. Good therapy session about the basketball team. Good talk, fellas. Everyone out there, have a good week. Go green. Go white. Go white. And go geen. Think.